just, help yourself to anything in the fridge. We have some low fat yogurt, which was this very strange line. And then I watched the short. So this was based on a short called the sitter, mm-hmm. right? Which was like a 20 minute short. That they expanded now into this film. There's that same line in the, and I was like, that's so fucking weird. And then they cut to her opening to get some low fat yogurt, which she doesn't get. She actually eats a piece of cake in this short, but nuts and yogurt and milk is like all over the, and i was like oh they sponsored. sponsored it so that's why but then they didn't do that in the actual film so then it's just a weird line then he's like we have low-fat yogurt it and you're did like, pop out to me too Great. i was like why is he pushing low-fat yogurt then i was like oh must be like some like it's 1979 it's yeah. new and exciting yep Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm going to let you take that one to the bank. Uh, this is uh, Julia. <laughs> I'm Terry. And this week we're talking about uh, 1979's When, when a, stranger a Stranger Calls. The tagline for this episode. Title. Title of episode. Title of show. Have you checked the children? No. 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 Uh, and the tagline. <laughs> tagline. Every babysitter's nightmare becomes real. Yeah. Yeah. After watching this movie, yeah, hundred percent. This movie was made for one point five million dollars. Okay, it made twenty one million dollars. Yeah, did well. Uh, was written and directed by Fred Walton, who went on to do April Fool's Day. Oh, we our, love April Fool's Day. Uh, and was written by Stephen Feck, who went on to do Mac and Me. <laughs> I love Mac and Me. And I also love the running gag. Was it on Conan? Who is that? Yeah. The show that Paul Rudd oh, like yeah. does that clip every time and I cry. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. uh, anyway, uh, killer. <laughs> so, uh, just a little bit of uh, trivia for you is that the phone number in this movie, which is five 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 two three six eight, is also the phone number in Close Encounters. Ah, and Forever Young. Do you remember that movie with yeah. Mel Gibson? Which I totally saw because who's in it? Elijah Wood. Yes. Yep. Holy crap! I probably saw that because of him too. I think uh-huh. we all did. <laughs> Thanks, Elijah. <laughs> oh, Elijah! I saw so many movies. Yeah, because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is. The easiest babysitting job of all time, it appears, for Miss Jill Johnson, played yeah. by the infamous and Carol lovely Carol Kane. Um, and I kept there doing this first scene, and be like, what is going on with her hair? Same. I wrote so much. I was like, terrible hair. That's literally was one like, of my first notes. Like, terrible is it, hair. Is it as bad a wig as I think it is? Or is it just like her hair is pulled back weirdly? It's like weird. It looks like a bad helmet. It's like very a, It's strange. a hair helmet, not even hair. <laughs> like poorly coiffed in a sad mullet. Right. And with pins on the side. Um, yeah. So they tell her, like, don't even wake the children because they've been sick. So just hang out. It took me forever to get them to bed. Like, don't go check. Like, and like- uh, so all she has to do is just hang out and do her homework. Uh, call her friend and wants them to 
Well, if you talk to Bobby, maybe you could just give him the number here because I really like It sounded like, like it was a weird love triangle thing too. Like her friend liked Bobby too. And I was like, oh, this doesn't sound good. Yeah, like have a bit of a squabble. Like yeah. I liked him and I should go for him, but I'm being nice letting him have you. Yeah, it it's not great. Like good thing. Uh, but then we get the first uh, phone call. A ring, a ring, a ring. Uh, and the question is. Have you checked the children? Eh, let's just hang up. She's like, okay, seriously, Bobby. And like, and then they calls back and she's like, are you just playing jokes on me, Bobby? And so this, as, as I'm sure you noticed, uh, this whole opening sequence is very scream, uh, straight up. Yes. Yeah. So this homage, this movie couldn't, you know, scream could not have been made with so after there's so many movies and this is one of those. Um, and the second time the, after the call, here's something moving in the house and kind of goes to look for it. And yeah. She has like ice cubes clattering or something. Yeah. It's just ice cubes falling in the tray. Yeah. As, as you do with the new automatic, you know, ref- like refrigerators that make ice. This is newfangled. Yeah, new invention. So she's like, oh, okay, it's just the ice being made in the in the refrigerator. But already after only a few phone calls, she's already starting to get a little unnerved. Because it's a little off-putting with yes. somebody asking a question like that, and he sounds creepy as hell. But also... Why does she just go check the children? Yeah, exactly. I was confused by that. If I'm a babysitter and I get that phone call, of course, number First one thing, thing I'm you doing. Do. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're playing this premise that she would not do that and just thinks this guy is fucking around with her, which he is. But she's just like, I'm going to take a little alcohol and just calm my she nerves. She some Jameson out of that like uh, bar cabinet. And I love it. When you babysit and you just go eh, find the wet bar and see what's happening Honestly, behind it. Honestly, ain't going to yeah. lie. Yeah. Producer Adam, our old producer knows. <laughs> well, he had a sweet setup. He so. did. <laughs> um, so then she calls the restaurant to try to find the couple who, the mom and dad, and they've already left the restaurant and they had mentioned that if they weren't home by this two hours, they'd be at a movie, not there till after midnight. Mm-hmm. So now she thought maybe she'd be rescued in a few minutes, but now she's not going to be rescued for hours. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. And this is a tough time because like this is one of those movies that couldn't really be made now too because there's this is before caller ID, before yeah. Star 69. So it's like before you don't cell phones, yeah. before any of that. Um, so she eventually calls the operator to call, call the police, and the police, some of the most useless police of all time, who just like, well, did he threaten you? No. Was it obscene? No. No. Well, can't really do anything. Try whistling in the phone. And you're like, really? That's it? Thanks. Thanks. Probably just a weirdo. <laughs> City's full of them. You're yeah. Like, yeah, but. Um, hi. But I'm like alone with these help. kids and can you please help figure it out? So the next phone call she gets and they are escalating the phone. Every time the phone rings, it's louder and more in your mm-hmm. face. And, and Why have you not checked the children? Which now she knows he's watching her, right? Yeah, because she she's like, so she closes the windows and like closes the drapes. And just like, now locks the door a little and puts late. Like, yeah, and puts the little chain on the lock. I was like, girl, I would have done all of that, that like the second, first or second time. Yes. She's uh, missing some steps. She is. But now finally <laughs> decides to actually go and check the children. Uh, but as she's going up the stairs, the phone rings. And so she goes back down, but doesn't go back to answer the phone again, is scared and just sits on the stairs. So I feel like this phone call has to be Bobby actually calling. Yeah. Because he wouldn't, if he knows she's going up the stairs, he wouldn't call to make her stop going up the stairs. Right. He wants her to go up the stairs. Right. And find him. So this is the actual time that Bobby calls, mm-hmm. perhaps. That's my thoughts. Um, and so when she, when she calls back to the police, she's like, uh, he's watching me. You need to come help me. And they're just like, did you try whistling? Like that's, yeah. the, you know, that's all well, then they she have. gets another call though. And then they actually have a conversation and yes. he's like, yeah, um, she's like, they're going to be coming home soon. It's going to be fine. He's like, no, I know they're coming home. And mm-hmm. like, oh no. 
Because the the cop said, like, you need to have him on the phone for a minute. You mm-hmm. need, we can be able to trace the call. So she's trying to, like, keep him on the phone. Right. Um, and it's, like, sitting in the dark with, like, a fire poker in her hand. She's so fucking freaked out. Yeah, and he talks about having her blood all over him. Yeah. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants. And she's like, ah. Uh, she's, like, uh, she's like, what do you want? What exactly do you want? And he's like, your blood all over me. That's a good answer. It's uh, a good answer. So then, of course, we get the, the you know, and this, this short and this film, of course, is based on an urban legend, which will come to fruition in this exact line where the police calls back we've traced the call the call call is coming coming from from inside inside the house house. (laughs) uh so she tries so she freaks out and tries doesn't even because they tell her to get out they're like don't look at don't go for the children just go uh but of course she locked the door earlier so the chain is preventing her from getting out from going out fast so she's got to try to undo the chain and like tries to get out and and when she opens the door there's like a scare then this he's standing outside the front door but actually it's the cops it's the cops who have finally come it's a cut too (laughs) yes so the cops are already there and they um, had figured this out and the kids had or actually had already been dead for several hours. Yeah. And, like, he had been up there the whole time. Um, but they, they got him and they, they've, he's an English guy. He's a merchant Marine. The guy's been out to sea yeah. for a bunch of times. And, and then we have a seven year time jump seven years later. And we cut to this beautiful, fancy Spanish style home in Dr. Mandrakis, which like Mandrake plant was, isn't that like a death weed or whatever anyway, yeah. <laughs> that she had mispronounced earlier too. Um, he hires this cop that we'd seen from earlier, the ex cop, um, for security because they find out that he escaped Duncan, the, the, the killer has escaped and he was in a state mental institution, not just in a regular prison. He'd pleaded insanity and been held not in a full capacity prison. Um, and the doctor wants Clifford to find him and he's no longer a cop. Now he is just on his own as a PI. PI. Um, but he Trying wants to prove him, himself, wants him to find him. Cause he said, you know, the jury would declare him insane. And so like, there's not going to be any justice, but like you can give me the justice I want. Right. Um, so code, he, code, code, kill him. Yes. <laughs> also, can you take care of him? Please? Right. Right. Uh, so he goes out, Clifford jo- goes out to the asylum uh, where he has a talk with a very brisk woman who runs Dr. The Monk. Yes. Ooh, she's tough. Who is just like, yeah, we gave him a bunch of electroshock therapy and a ton of drugs, but that's totally standard. She's standard here. standard here. And he's like, dude, okay. Uh, and, and she doesn't give him any answers. He's asking her questions. She's like, just check the file. It's in the file folder. It's in the file. It's in the file. And you're like, lady, help him a little bit. He's like, I, I could have read all this in the file. I'm here to talk to you, though, and actually get some answers. And she is not playing by any of the games that no. he wants. And so she eventually, the most she can give him is she plays him a tape of when uh, Kurt was in brought into the in therapy where he's basically arguing with himself and kind of freaking out on the tape and is not and almost attacks her like Mm -hmm. she has to call the guards in to like restrain him because he almost attacks her in their therapy session so you get maybe why she was more cagey is because it wasn't good no whatever was going on with this guy no so then uh next time we see kurt he is just in a in a bar looking real fidgety real dodgy but it's a quiet bar with just Colleen Dewhurst, amazing, at yes. the end of the bar, tough as nails, yeah. badass bitch, and I love her so much. And he like goes to like her cigarette, and she's like, no, gonna light my own cigarette. You wanna buy, buy me a drink? I got my own money. She's no, a lady. You. Okay, you guys, when a lady is sitting and reading at the bar, she doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm just going to give you this as a pro tip. I've definitely been at the bar with my book, not trying to talk to anybody. She's that oh, lady. But I have been to a bar with a book. 
trying hope, to talk to somebody, hoping. someone would come up and talk to me. So it could go either way. I guess you're right. But also she said no twice. Which she did say no twice. He doesn't need to continue on. So if they say no twice, they don't want to talk about what the contents of the book or their mm-hmm. lies. And she also said, please don't let me cigarette. Don't buy me a drink. And no, I don't want to talk to you. So but he goes and like buys her a drink anyway. And tries to. And, and so like puts his hand on her and she screams. And so the guy playing pool by himself in the bar just comes over. And I have to say. He's definitely a regular there. Overreacts. A little. But he's also like a regular there and is like, hey, she already said no. I feel like they know they're probably not like good friends, but I feel like they're both super regulars at this bar is what I got. So he just beats the fuck out of Kurt and everybody just kind of watches. Well, also like there's only like the random other extras of the old couple that they cut to that look like American Gothic. Right. But like (laughs) Tracy stands by and the bartender just kind of stands by and neither one of them really say, tell him to stop or do anything. Let him do it. And then he grabs... I was afraid he was going to light him on fire because he like covers him in liquor. You doused like, him with alcohol. I was like, oh, please don't do that. But I think it's just because it's cold outside and now you're going to be more cold. I thought he just was like, if the because it looks like if he could stop by the police or anything like that, he'll just look like he's publicly uh, yeah. drunk, even if he mm-hmm. hasn't drunk anything really yet. And I love Colleen Dershurst's line as she's leaving. I don't know why I keep coming back to this dump. Yeah. You're like, yeah, because it sounds like that might be happening quite a bit. Yeah. It feels like a lot of terrible things happen there. Cause even like the bartender was about to call the police and like the other guys like, nah, 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 like don't do it. So then we follow her home where she tries to hail a cab first. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Walks right home by her. and like, he's waiting for her in her hallway at her apartment. She doesn't seem alarmed really. I, she also doesn't close the door right away when no. he like shows up at, at her door. And I was like, why wouldn't you just shut the door then? It's super weird. Yeah. And when he comes in, she's just kind of lashed like, you can't be in here, but doesn't tell him to leave or anything. I'm conf- I understand Kurt has like a fascination with ladies, but I don't understand why he would not go for the wait for and follow the man who beat him up and like deal with him first. He was more fascinated. with That was his singular thing. He's also really is, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Not all there. Right. So like he, uh, I think was really focused and just wanted her the whole time. Well, she's, she's not saying no here. She's not saying she's yes, not but saying she's not no. saying no. Yeah. She's kind of ambivalent. And I think he likes that challenge a little bit too of like, hmm. And so she's feisty. Right. But then is also like, oh, it's my boyfriend on the phone and he's coming over and you can't be here. She's um, giving him all these excuses that are clearly excuses. You're like, she doesn't have anybody coming no. over. And, he's, and she's like, maybe tomorrow we'll get some coffee. And he's like, tomorrow? Tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah. And she's like. I said maybe. maybe. He's like singularly focused. Maybe is a no, dudes. Um, <laughs> At least and, in this case. <laughs> and then I love uh, Clifford's uh, little trick here is that he's handed out eight by tens of Kurt with a $10 bill, just like paper clips Attached to the, the back. back. Smooth. Little bribe, little bribe as he's, he's trying to find him. It's going to make people a lot more talkative though, won't it? It does. It does. Um, and when he comes, so he finally goes back to- Or buys a guy Ripple. He buys, did you oh, see yeah. that? He buys the homeless guy. I was like, it's Ripple. Says it on the side. I was like, yep, yeah, you bought that. Buy, buys the homeless what guy. Is, what is Ripple? It's just really cheap, like yeah. liquor. Okay. <laughs> like, like the cheapest liquor you can okay. find. Like Boone's Farm? Yes. Okay. But worse. Oh. Yeah. Because I don't mind Boone's like Farm. Like Boone's Family Farm. It's not about mining it. It's just that it's just cheap ass, like shitty sure. liquor. Um, so Clifford is working the streets, trying to make mm-hmm. a connection, see if anybody's seen this guy. And he um, leads him to the bar, Torchies, where she's been hanging out. That's her dump. Yep. And then figures out who she is. And so goes to interrogate Tracy, mm-hmm. who's not even going to open the door until she sees his badge. And he's like, yeah, yeah. As soon as you open the door, I'll show you my badge. And then he like opens the door. And he's like, I don't have a badge. It's a license. It's a piece of paper. I don't even have it. Like, yeah, I don't just, even carry it. Like, and uh, pushes his way in. I'm yeah. like, guys just keep barging their way into her apartment. Uh-huh. 
Um, uh, but finally tells her what cl- this guy who she just had in her apartment actually ripped apart children with her business bare hands. Yeah, he had no murder weapon. He literally ripped children apart. You're like, ooh, it's awful. Uh, she takes that pretty well, I would say. She's also steely as hell because that's yeah. freaking Colleen Dewhurst. So yes. she's just like, all right, like taking in the information. Yeah, okay. And, and it's like, that's not good. Uh, and like, then he's like, can you help me? And she's kind of like, I don't know if I want to help, but I guess I'll have to. I have to. Like, there's really no other kind of mm-hmm, thing. The guy's going to come back. He's like, he's probably going to come try to find you again. Yeah. Uh, so he's following her and, you know, makes her go to the bar to kind of like plant this kind of honey trap and make him mm-hmm. come back. And uh, his, also his detective friend, Charlie, who he used to work with, who's on, actually still in the police force now is like, you know, take your time, man, if you're going to do this job and do it good. He's like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. He's like, okay, like be careful out there. Um, and he's like, if I can help you, I'll try basically. But he's like, I don't want to really want to know much more. He's like, try not to be connected he's to kind it. Kind of a little bit outside the law. So mm-hmm. the less he knows the better in that kind of way. Right. Um, so we have Tracy who is walking home. Clifford is following her mm-hmm. and Dark Duncan is where he, we don't know, but she makes it home. Okay. She seems right. okay. And then this is such a rookie mistake where he doesn't go in and check the apartment at all. He's just like, okay, I'll see you later. Come on, Full man. on. Yeah. He, How long I feel have you like if he really, for? really would, would go clear the premises. Like a New York cop? Especially since we know the guy was hidden inside the house. That was my thing too. I was like, you knew the guy. That's like what he does. He hides inside. Yes. Uh, uh, of course he's in the closet and Mm -hmm. comes out and starts to grab her um and she just stands there and scream but she doesn't hit him or anything or try to get him like she's just screaming right Um, which brings attention which gets clifford back into her apartment and chases him off and then duncan's able to get away right and he loses him again he loses his tail and duncan's just wandering the streets now and he runs into um one of the the ripple friends ripple yep the ripple homeless man ripple still (laughs) skin shut up (laughs) <laughs> I got the bone. I got the bone. Me and Wes are both giggling. We Ooh, I got a fist bump, guys. That was pretty good. That was epic. Um, that was fantastic. <laughs> um, so uh, he runs into a ripple friend outside of the shelter. And yeah, he's downtown. Friend, uh, who, and he, of course, has been paid off by Clifford. He's like, hey, man, I met your friend. He there's, wants to meet there's you. There's this guy's got money for you out in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suspicious. So Duncan's but Duncan like, looks up and sees this Jesus Saves, this iconic sign that's in downtown LA, Jesus Saves off the side of the building by the old rescue mission and he goes into is this movie in la I, it's I th- downtown la that okay. that tunnel totally that she walks by no that tunnel that she walks by is that great tunnel that yeah. we go over you head into the harbor freeway and 110 okay. highway and everything this is good this is super downtown la it's old downtown la sleazy la I like yeah it. it's well it's what downtown was up until like the turn of the century this last it's, century it's still getting there it's still there but it's not like the, the, where they're at is where the Grand Central Market is now. That oh, okay. walk where she walks that tunnel is mm-hmm. like all tourist trap now. Okay. <laughs> um, so we have this great kind of freak out scene of Duncan in the shelter where he's in the bathroom naked, mm-hmm. staring himself in the mirror, just losing his mind, having these flashbacks of what he's done. The um, murder, we get the murder flashbacks, him covered in blood. You see him in the kid's bedroom, all this stuff. He's a wily fellow because Clifford comes in looking for him in the shelter. He runs into the bum and finds out where he is. But, uh, he's able to escape yet again well, because the way cliff is looking for me he's also not good at being a detective just turn all the yeah, lights just, on yeah but he's like doing it one by one with a flashlight yeah. going to like all the different bunks in the shelter right just and so turn the lights on and be like everybody get out of bed i'm looking for this person yeah and there you are and of course duncan like is like you know cowers underneath his covers and finds his way does out of the there. old like pillow under the blanket trick right um and so he finds him he's follows him into the basement of the building mm-hmm. and does that uh, it, it does this thing where he's like hey man 
I'm not going to hurt you. Oh, but clearly about to kill him. Yeah. It's like of mice and men or something yeah, where he's like, it's like, okay. think about it's okay. It's going to be fine. Just think about the rabbits. Oh, and you're like, Oh, oh shit. Man. Like this compromise, like mentally ill, like gentleman. And it's he, like, it's awful. He has, the, but I don't know what the thing is that he tries to kill him with. It looks like a big nail that he just throws or like a, um, uh, like an ice pick kind of looking Not thing, even you that know? big though. Or like it's such a, a weird murder weapon. And then I was like, oh, okay, he's just going to like stab him in the neck with it. Yeah. But then like throws it like a dart and totally misses. And I was like, what? No, but it goes like right next to his head though. So it's enough to like give the, like Duncan now knows like, oh no, you are going to hurt me. But with that one, he has that one. He didn't bring like a pack of them. No. <laughs> what are you doing, man? You, it's like a weird screwdriver were, or something. How long were you a cop for? He, it seems like he's new. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> Yeah, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. So we have a chase. We have, but it's great because it's through the shelter and like yes. through the basement of the shelter. So there's like old weird signs in like one of the basement sections, and they're going through like the kitchen. So we've got crates of food, which is always great to see in a right. chase. Getting knocked over in front of like the like the chubby old old cop, you know, in front of this young wily Charles like, Durning trying so hard to run fast. You're like, oh you man, you he can't. can't. He's great. He's I like, love him. He's one of my favorite actors. He's too. so crusty. He's great. I just, I just always when I see his face, I just think about Tootsie and how like sweet he is. Yeah. And like he can, he's got such range. So he's just trying to run and do this. Like, uh, but Duncan's chase. trying, to, of course, uh, bang on the doors and bring attention to the fact that he's being chased. So he's waking everybody up in the shelter. Uh, he has a terrible fall down the stairs. And another stuntman right behind him, though, like double, did you see yes. like double roll fall down these stairs? And then just again gets up and is out of there. I'm like he's like Wiley e. Coyote, man. Like. You can't even hurt that guy. He's just Mm-mm. up and out of there. Um, and But then we get like the first of real, like where you get to understand where Duncan's coming from. He's like, nobody can hear me. Nobody touches me. I'm not here. I don't exist. I was never born. And you're like, ooh. He's one of those people who thinks he can be invisible right. in real life. He's definitely got that kind of. I'm not sure if he was twang like that before or if like having being in the mental hospital like he was and like getting all those treatments yeah how far along he was before or after who knows but one of those kind of serial killers who's like stepped away from humanity is like i'm not one of you like i am something more something bigger yeah. kind of thing um so then we have uh finally get back around to carol kane it's been a while this movie has been pretty much duncan and clifford uh, head chasing to head. each other yeah and um, like cat and mouse but now we finally get to uh, go to this uh back to her house where she's yeah. now grown up she's married she has two children she, yeah she's got two kids of her own they're adorable and i was like oh no oh no as soon as they cut to it i was like oh no so the kids are out in front of her house playing in the yard like as you do little kids back before we weren't allowed to play outside without adult supervision oh, it's a different time a i miss kinder it time. A, a kinder gentler time or maybe maybe yeah, yeah anyway this movie doesn't make that yeah, point but no not at all but um, the kids are playing outside and they run inside. And she's like, oh, like she just loves on them. And you see she's this kind, sweet mom. Um, we also had before this, we saw Kurt like pick up a, a newspaper clipping yes. of some sort as he was walking away. And got a very fixated look on his face about yeah, whatever this so was in the paper. Now we find out it's about her husband calls her and says, I'm going to take you out to dinner. Uh, this is like very exciting promotion. He's going to be the district sales manager. Very exciting. But it was her picture in the paper because she had just done like some charity, sort of charity She was a charity work. fundraiser she was doing and had done like, so she's doing like good altruistic stuff. Yes. And, and that's what got her in the paper. Moved on from what happened. Uh, but she gets a phone call in the restaurant on the line. They're having dinner. Yeah, and they're like, Miss, there's a call for you. And she's like, oh, okay. Could be the babysitter. Yeah. But there's the same voice. 
have, have you checked the, the children? children? And she freaks out and is screaming and like, he's killed my babies and he's there at my house. So she, she tries to call the house and then the babysitter's like, um, no, like I checked the kids like 45 minutes ago. Everybody's fine. I don't know what you're talking about, but like, she's hysterical in the restaurant. And like right. the other restaurant people are like, um, we maybe she, why hasn't he taken out. her home already? Like what's wrong with but her? But the husband says like, can you, to the babysitter, can you just please go check the children? Mm-hmm. And then dial tone. Yep. And they lose the line. And so they don't know what the hell's going on. So they run back to the house. Get the police who've shown up at the restaurant and follow them home. Kids are fine. Yeah. They look great. Yep. They're asleep in their beds. They'll sound sound asleep. And she looks like she's freaking out. And so asks her husband to keep the gun by the bed. So we'll know that everything's okay. Um, Goes down the middle of the stairs in the middle of the night to get a glass of milk. With the As lights do, out. But turns, no, she turns the lights on. Yes. Uh, but the lights out uh, and the the lights go out, but the the main lights, but the, like, the one over the stove still, still works. works. So it's like the power's not out, but somebody's cut that specific light Line. switch. Mm-hmm. Um, then and then also the phone. Doesn't also doesn't work. So Clifford work. has been trying to call because he knows what's going on. He figured out that like the jig is up and he figured out what it was and he's trying to call their house, but to no avail. Right. So now we know the phone is broken again. So mm-hmm. no communication. So never good in a horror movie when the phone doesn't work. Uh-uh. So then she goes back to get into bed with her husband. But when he turns she over, she checks on the kids first. Yes. Hold on. She checks on the kids before she goes to bed with her husband. And the little boy has a little candy. Oh yeah. Where'd you get that candy from? Yeah. And he's like, mm, he's like asleep. So he doesn't, he can't really answer like the groggy little kid. And she's like, why does my kid have mystery candy with him? Mm-hmm. And so she's wide awake. Cause the lights have flickered out the phone. Like she's got kid with Mr. Candy. So she tries to use the phone. Phone doesn't work. Then she's staring and she hears a voice. And that's when she checks over to be like, Steven, her husband, like, wake up. She reaches over. Nope. It's Kurt. It's not Steven. He's been in the bed. It's such a good fake out. It's really great. It's really great. It got me. I was like, oh, I did not expect that. I thought he was going to be in the closet still or something. Because that's where it sounded like he was coming from. Uh Uh-huh. Nope. It's like uh, in Tourist Trap when that kind of like voice throwing kind of Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, Clifford barges in at the last moment and is uh, shoots Kurt three times. Um, But then there's tussle for the thing and he's going to like blow his brains out but the last minute decides not to do it yeah because she's also screaming and right there in front of him and i feel like he's just like i already shot him two times in the chest like we're good which is now we know in a horror movie just just do it man just do the headshot and then we know for 100 percent. yeah um and then like her dead husband's body falls out of the closet but he's he's not dead he says he's because he actually makes a sound i couldn't tell if that was clifford making a sound or the husband laying making the sound we'll assume he's not dead i don't think the husband's dead. I just, think he just got knocked out, out. um, um it sounded like he was coming too doesn't seem like the killer's mo but we'll go with it right um but then that's kind of the end is like her hysterical kind of freak out and end game twang yeah freak out yelling screaming or whatever but then they do they cut to the front of the house the beautiful picket fence and like yeah. the white house but then they superimpose like kurt's eyes yeah like looming over the house so it's like he would always been watching yes in his mind or something and i was like oh god yeah, she'll all, he'll always be there in her mind yep all looming over uh so this film did really well when it came out and i think mm-hmm. it's cool it's uh, unexpected because you have you can see how they have this kind of 20 minute short beginning bit and then they've been like okay where can we go from here i just wish it had been more about carol kane than about the cop I guess he's not a cop anymore. Private detective Clifford. Yeah. Uh, Cause that, that bit feels quite standard and I feel like it could have been a cooler, a cooler instead of that cat and mouse and stuff like yeah. that. 
And like, even like if they'd had a connection between her and like Colleen Dewhurst somehow, that would like, I feel like having them together at the end would have been super powerful. I agree. You know? So, so in this kind of movie, how you survive, uh, I'll just be super suspicious and paranoid all the time, I guess. Check the freaking children. Check the children when they ask. Like, I mean, might've, he might have killed her right away then, too. Well, that's obviously what he was going what, for. Yeah, would have So happened. it actually saved her life that she didn't check the children. Right. Mm, I don't know I don't what know to what tell you, you with that one. Yeah, I was like, I guess. <laughs> Do you check the children? Do you not, not check, check the, the children? children? God. Because this movie tells you not to, but everything else would tell you. Check them. Immediately. I also would have gone up the first thing. Like, it would have been like, can you just show me the kid's room? Like... Yeah, I just want to see where they yeah. are. I don't know where they are. It's like, it's because it's, she was covering for another babysitter because yeah. it's not her usual babysitting gig. Like, that's awkward. Yeah, because I feel like every time, because I used to babysit in like yeah. junior high and like every time you go to a new place, they like show you around, show they you walk stuff you through, is, yeah. Show stuff, these are the snacks they can they have. They don't just tell you. They like literally will show you yeah. so you know and mm-hmm. like you've had proof that you did it. That's what I think is weird sometimes. Uh, it's like suspension of disbelief written by a man who's never babysat. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I love kind of movies that take these urban legends and expand them into something more right. and like, how could, how does this happen and what happens after? It's kind totally. of fun. So we'll do some gore factor. Mm-hmm. One, it's not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. Five is run for the barf bag. And we give, when a stranger calls, a two. A two. Not very bloody. No. Um, there's just the flashbacks, flashbacks of, of like dead children, but you don't actually see the children. You, see, you just blood. see blood on Kurt's body and but stuff like that. It's not really. Yeah. It's, it's enough to be like, Ooh, okay. Um, and then movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate Two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better Four, not too shabby five fantastic Oracle. Um, I gave this film a three. Okay. Um, seen worse, seen better. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I just wish there was a little more meat Yes. To the story. Um, like you said, I would have loved to see more Carol Kane for sure. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with her. I think she's a brilliant actress. Yeah. And she's like young and fabulous here. And yeah. I, I love it. Um, and more Colleen Dewers. Like I, I wouldn't, I like, basically I just want more ladies. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, I give this maybe movie a two, uh, Barely qualifies as a horror film. I think it's more of a thriller mm-hmm. than a horror. Although obviously scream owns much to this. Um, the, I think the suspension and the and the, and the terror is great, but it kind of after you have that amazing opening, it kind of feels a little like it fizzles out a little, um, mm-hmm. and is not as exciting as I want it to be. Um, but also, you know, 1979. Thanks for giving us uh, some amazing horror films. It's been fun to watch stuff from year of our birth. Yes. Um, and so next round we're going to be doing um, just kind of whatever we feel like. And so this well, some uh, suggestions from yes, our listeners, and we're then, going to be doing yeah. one from the Notebook. Uh, we. You know, we always want uh, suggestions and we do have our list. We have something old, something new. Always. And then something suggested and yes. something from you. Yes. So we have everything. Yeah. Uh, this will not come as a surprise to anybody that what? I picked a Stephen King movie for next week. Wait, what? You like Stephen King? I know. Weird. I know. Um, so this movie uh, is Misery, which I have just finished the book. Great. Uh, so now I get to rewatch the film. I haven't seen it since it came out. And I haven't so- seen it since it came out either. So this will be like a... Yeah. Very old, like, like I don't know, uh, rediscovery. And watching a movie after you've just finished the book is such a satisfying feeling. So I'm, great. I'm happy about this one. Uh, and it's a good book, so I imagine a great movie. Fab. Uh, so thank you for listening to us talk about When a Stranger Calls today. Please do talk to us about it on our social medias. We would love to talk to you about Carol Kane, about oh, uh, Fred Walton, Some anything you want. We got it. We're yeah. here. Uh, we are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We also have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love for you to look us up and subscribe. Um, and we will see you next week for a little Uncle Steve. Miss Hurry. Yeah. Let's do it. I love you, Stevie.